You're listening to a podcast from Washington Post Live, bringing the newsroom to you live. Hi there, this is Jeff Edgers. I'm the national arts reporter here at the Washington Post. Now, I Love Lucy, uh, it's hard for us to even understand this today with TikTok and 5 million publications and the internet and our phones, but I Love Lucy uh, at its peak was uh, watched in 11 million households in our, in our, in our country. There were 15 million households with television. Just think about that dominance. Um, so what a great show, what an important show. This film, Being the Ricardos, um, documents uh, sort of a week in the production of, uh, of the show. And we're so lucky to have with us today uh, one of the stars of that production, Javier Bardem, uh, who we have seen in so many films. We'll talk about some of those. but. Thank you so much for joining us here at Washington Post Live. Thank you very much for having me here. Absolutely. Um, so uh, I, I want to start out by asking you, it might seem obvious, uh, but what was it you saw in this role? When you, I'm sure you get pitched plenty of scripts. What was it about this, uh, this one in particular? Well, actually, this one in particular, I was kind of chasing it, chasing, chasing after after it, because I heard about the project long before Aaron Sorkin even wrote the script. And I was very intrigued to know who this uh, couple was. I knew about I Love Lucy's show, I knew about Lucy and Desi, but I wasn't too familiar with it since the show wasn't as popular in Spain as it is in the States. And then once I started to read about about them both, and I, I I read the autobiography of Desi called a book, and I start to watch all the episodes of I Love Lucy. I start to really feel absolutely uh, I don't know excited about portraying such a, an iconic figure. Now, what uh, you said you read his book. Uh, tell me what kind of research you do in a, in a situation. You've played real people before, but I'm not sure you've played a, a real person who so many people identify. Uh, so uh, tell me about uh, what you went, what went into researching this. Well, first of all, what you have to do is to really try to be respectful as much as you can with the legacy that that person uh, gave uh, to the world. And for that, you need to do a very thorough, specific, long research to try to get as many voices, including the most important one of them all, which is the, the, the character's voice into your uh, into your brain so you can start to recreate that. And at the same time, like a contradiction, there's a moment where you have to forget all that and give up with the anxiety of trying to achieve to be like that person because that's not going to happen. And try to grab as much as you can the essence, the spirit of what that person was uh, and what he meant to to his fellow contemporaries um, and that's at the end of the day what i think a performer should do rather than do the mimics of it of course we the actors wants to get as close as we can to the person we are portraying but there's a moment where it's dangerous you can get lost in the external of it and forget a little bit what what was the motivation what was the energy what was the spirit what was the essence of that person the essence, that's a really good word because I, I think that describes what you do in this film, which is you're not exactly him, but you captured something about his spirit. Um, I'm always fascinated by 
uh, actors who come in and play real people. I think about Jim Carrey playing Andy Kaufman, where mm -hmm. everybody had to call him Andy, right? And uh, he, he, uh, he, he, his idea of sinking into that character was to become that person. Does that happen to you? Do you find parts of Desi slipping into your real life when you're, when you're filming something so intensely? Well, I think every actor has their own book and everything is uh, valuable and it's, uh, it's permitted. As long as you don't really, uh, I don't know, intimidate others mm. or, or, or limit others' work with your uh, behavior. That's, that's my golden rule. Like you, you, you are part of a team. It's not about you. You are, you are part of a team of people that are creating a story. And, uh, and for that, do whatever you need in order to get your head into it, but never lose track that you are just a grain of sand in a big desert of talents making their best uh, effort to make it happen. So that's important. For me, uh, I'm not so much into the obsession of it all. I was, I'm 52 years old now, and I guess I kind of learned that because there were moments where I could be more obsessed with it and not, I mean, and, and, and be that character for 24 hours. But I found that it didn't really work out for me because I would play my best scenes in the catering table. <laughs> I would play my best scenes going to the toilet. It's like the camera yeah. wasn't rolling. <laughs> it's like, uh, for me, it works just to be focused, do the job, and then when you come back home, of course, some of it will stay with you. It's impossible yeah. to leave everything behind, but not to the extent that I need everybody to call me Desi. That will be ridiculous. And also, I find it very scary that they will call me Desi. Like, who is that? Ah, all right, the character. <laughs> um, you know, I read about the idea that uh, you and Nicole Kidman uh, both at, at a certain point sort of dropped out out of anxiety for this. This film. I mean, that's, is that really true or is that exaggerated? Because I, I why would why I get so anxious? No, that's that's an exaggeration. We, we we were, I think, when we were we when we got the call from Aaron and and, and they said, okay, now we're going. It was in, at the peak of the pandemic. It was uh, February. Uh, January, February, 2021. And we both were in our places. I was in London shooting a movie. She was in Australia, I think. And we were like two months to start shooting. And of course we got nervous because we both of us felt we didn't have much time to prepare as, as it was needed. Uh, and that's what we shared with Aaron Sorkin, uh, saying, I don't know if we're going to be able to achieve what we need to achieve. It's a huge mountain here because we have not much time. The movie was put together very, very rather quickly. I mean, kudos to the production team. And, and, and then all of a sudden we had, I don't know, two months, two months and a half to prepare for the role. And that's what scared us. But we never said, I'm pulling out. I'm pulling out. No, we never said that. I mean, we both knew from the very, very first moment how great characters they were and what a great opportunity to really work uh, with Aaron Sorkin's um, magic words. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you, did I also read, and forgive me, I'm, I'm finding information out there in the world and then I'm correcting it with you here. That is our mm -hmm. job. This is a fact yeah. correction mission. Uh, did you, did you uh, work with a... Not everybody does it, so that's a good thing. That speaks well, highly of. <laughs> can't trust, can't trust everything you read, my friend. Um, did you really work with a uh, comedy coach? Is that true? 
Well, I, I work with a clown coach, yes. I, I, I work with a clown coach as much as I could, knowing that there was a very tight frame of time where I had to do lessons, singing lessons, conga lessons, guitar lessons, Cuban accent lessons, English speaking lessons, then uh, reading the book, then watching the episodes, and all of this uh, while I was shooting The Little Mermaid. Uh, so uh, it was kind of an intense time. And yes, I had like four or five sessions with a great clown that I know from Spain that will help me to find the physicality of his. Can you, are you a juggler? Can you do that? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I am. I, I think I'm a good soldier. I think I, I follow orders very strictly. Yeah. Like yeah. when they give me, when they give me an assignment, I do it. But uh, I, I need I need a lot of order around me. And, and the good thing is that when you have so many Zoom classes, there's an order to follow. And that's what's keeping me going on the right track and not uh, getting uh, the attention to what it was wrong to do, which is to, for example, realize how iconic and huge these characters were. I never thought for a second, oh my God, uh, I'm never going to get there. I'm never going to be able to, I don't know, uh, fulfill what everybody's expecting of this character. I never had time for that. I, I just was only focused on trying to get uh, as close as this as I could. So um, you mentioned guitar playing and uh, playing the bongos uh, and, and singing. Um, I think we have a clip here of you as Desi doing some of these things. Folks, uh, do, do we have something? Yeah, maybe. Maybe we don't. I don't know. Uh, I've seen the film, so. Uh, but you do play guitar, which you don't play guitar in real life, right? No, I look at my fingers. I mean, uh, to learn when you are 52 years old, play guitar by Zoom, it's like, it's it's impossible. It's like, uh, so the, the, the all, all the teachers, all the masters that were teaching me all these things were so patient and so nice and so... I mean, protective, because they were all despairing, saying, no, there's not going to be ever <laughs> a possibility of this guy learning to play congas or guitar by Zoom. But we did it. We did it with, with, with uh, consistency. Uh, we do have a clip. I'm sorry. This, oh. Remember, we're the Washington Post. This is not a TV network. So once in a while, we're, it takes us a minute. But we found the clip. Uh, can we roll the clip of, uh, of, of uh, uh, Javier as Desi? That was fun. <laughs> uh, you, 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 do you sing in real life? Have you ever been a singer or no? 
Morally, uh, I look. I like rock and roll music, hard rock, and I I scream in the shower here and there. But I never had a chance to sing a song. But funny enough, Rob Marshall, which is an amazing director, and uh, and I adore him as a director and as a friend. He was the first person to trust me in singing a song. And actually, uh, when the offer of Desi came, I was doing Little Mermaid, which is a musical. It's the first time I I was ever going to sing a song and uh but I, I what i learned is that it's a muscle it's a muscle and if you uh, and as any other muscles if you rehearse and if you train there's a moment where the voice comes out and so i don't think it's that difficult i think everybody can sing if they put into it if they put the effort into it yeah i i think you sound great and now i brought a prop because i i there's another thing i read this this record right you like this record oh yeah uh <laughs> So there we go. ACDC, Highway to Hell. Is it is it false though? I read somewhere that at one point you learned much of your English from the That's record true. Highway to Hell. Is that accurate and is that safe for children? <laughs> of course it's not safe for children. But uh but listen, I have a, I have an eleven year old and he's learning English with uh, Highway to Hell as well. So and let me tell you, with the things that have that have been said today, that are being said today in different songs. I would have is like for for infants <laughs> almost. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I learned my English uh, when I was very young, eight nine years old, by trying to understand the lyrics. So I would read and translate, and I would sing them aloud, out loud. Yeah, I'd say um, the first concert I saw was ACDC when I was thirteen years old in Boston, and it was like not cannons and Angus Young and God, what a incredible experience right yeah amazing i saw them last time it was 2015 in in spain and it was it was it was amazing that these people can what they can do on stage is crazy yeah and if you blur your eyes it doesn't look weird that there's like a 70 year old man wearing a schoolboy's <laughs> uniform um so it's you know something that came up during this during uh the during being the ricardos and forgive me because i don't actually know if this is true or false uh, there were questions about whether it's okay for a man from Spain, you, to play a man who is from Cuba. First of all, do we know who actually accused you of that? Did people get upset about this, or, or was it just like people say? <laughs> no, it, it, it is true, and 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 I know I know that they weren't. That's why I was searching for the role, and while I was trying to know the state of the project itself. I knew they were looking for other actors, and I I was fine with that. I said, okay, it makes sense that they are looking for Cuban actors or actors with Cuban blood or uh, Cuban family. And but for whatever reason, that didn't happen, and they came back to me, and I was like, okay, I'm ready, and I'll do whatever I can in order to worship him and worship his origins and worship who he was and his accent and his culture. Uh, I understand that. I think it's a it's a it's a fair uh, discussion to have to have more representation of the minorities on, on movies. Uh, as much as I defend the right for any actor or actress to play a role, even though she is not from that place or she doesn't have the same sexual orientation that the character, because that's what we do for for a living. We create characters. I'm fine with those uh, with in this case Cuban actors or Latin actors being the first option that the, a director should go to in order to, to cast a, a character like Desi, of course. But if it doesn't happen, 
or the director feels like, no, I want this other actor because I, I think he, he's going to have what, I, what I'm looking for, for whatever reason, then we, we, we should respect that because that's what we do. Uh, we, we become people that we're not, and that's the art of our craft, and that's also the challenge. And that's why we admire so much when we go to a movie theater, how far has gone the actress or the actor to get as close to that character as possible. That's, that's part of the job and that's part of the pleasure of it. It's so interesting because I, you know, where I first was uh, uh, exposed to your uh, great talents before Night Falls. I remember that film, uh, love that film. And that discussion, you were playing a Cuban poet who was gay uh, and persecuted, and it was beautifully done. I don't remember at that time in the world anyone saying, for Pete's sake, uh, that guy's not a Cuban poet. Um, And what, and and I mean, another great example is you play in The Sea Inside, you play a quadriplegic, um, and uh, he was from Spain, but... uh, you obviously, you know, were able-bodied. So um, tell me something. When you think about this, you want to find people, minorities, people who are not often given the chance roles, but also it's not like you're a guy who people have said, boy, he's had it so easy. I mean, you are from Spain. English is not your native language. And how do you keep yourself from getting frustrated in hearing these kinds of criticism and stepping back and saying, boy, I, I got to think this through a little bit more? I don't step back in the sense that I think it's. I, I support it. I support the discussion. I support the. I support the fact that the, that the directors and producers should go and and cast as fair option the people that are from those places. Or uh, I mean, if they are playing, if we are talking about a character that is gay, fine. Of, of course, if you want to find a, an actor that is openly gay and wants to go with the with with the role, and he really. Uh, can give you what you're looking for, of course, go. But what if it doesn't happen? Then what should we do? Paralyze the project? Should we condemn any other actor for for not being of the same sexual orientation that the character he's supposed to play? Should we ask for passports uh, before any to any other actor to to see where they're from before casting them for anything? Should we ask them their sexual condition or their sexual orientation before giving them a role? Are all the actors and actresses happy enough, open enough about their sexuality to say publicly? Uh, what with what happened with all these actors and actresses that are gays, but they don't want to share and they are playing heterosexual characters? Should we banish them? Should we, should we uh, forbid them to play those roles? I mean, it's, it's complicated. And at the, at the bottom line is like, as I said in an interview, if we're going to go as far as we can with it, then we should start by forbidding any actor playing Hamlet unless they were born in Denmark. And that's how crazy it can get. And let's not forget, that's what we do for a living. And some of the most amazing ever historic, iconic performances of all time has been done by actors who were not from the same origin. Marlon Brando, yeah. The Godfather, um, uh, 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 Meryl Streep, Margaret Thatcher, um, uh, Daniel DeLuise, Abraham Lincoln, and many others. I mean, so it's fine to right. have the discussion. I support the minority. And one last thing, there is no such a thing 
like a Spanish character. I'm from Spain. We don't have Spanish characters in any movies. It's very hard. I mean, I've worked outside of Spain for 30 years and I found only two Spanish characters. One with Woody Allen, because it happened in Spain. And the other one, Capitan Salazar in Pirates of the Caribbean, because it was Spanish, because I was playing it. There is no such a thing as a Spanish. So what should we do ourselves? Should, I mean, cannot we act uh, if we really work hard on trying to match the accent, like in Before Night Falls, or in Desi Arnaz, or in Pablo Escobar? Uh, I mean, it's should we also tell the actors from Latin America not come to Spain if they really work hard and try to match the accent and, and speak beautiful Castilian so they can access to great roles here? Mm, it's, it's, it's delicate. <laughs> That's a, a great a great answer, and it's about a conversation and, and being able to talk openly about these things. Uh, my son, who's 11, wanted me to tell you that Skyfall is his favorite James Bond movie and that your right. performance is stunning. I still think Before Night Falls, you were better in it, but that's just me. Uh, <laughs> tell me something, You've, you go after films, you go after roles. It, it, is there a, a, someone you are, would love to play that you have not been able to yet? Is there a film you're dying to make that's like your dream film? Uh, anything you could mention, or do you just wait for it to come? Honestly, I don't, I don't have that thing that obsesses me. Uh, I don't. Um... I was very much looking forward to play Hernán Cortés the, 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 uh, in the Congress of Mexico. Uh, uh, with this, uh, it was a great project, but it happened that it was canceled after the uh, because of the COVID. That would be a great role to play, but again, uh, if it hasn't happened, it's for a, it's for a reason. That's my that's my way of thinking. Like if if he didn't happen, it's because he didn't have to happen. Now let's wait for what it comes, and I'm blessed that I have a job and I can earn a living out of it and I and, and, and that I have offers. So that by itself is a bless. And I just, among all the offers that come, sometimes they come more, sometimes come less, sometimes they are more interesting, sometimes they are not. Among all of this, you choose what you think is the best one and just try to do your best with it. <laughs> That's all. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to let you, we only have a minute left because you have a busy schedule, okay? But, um, <laughs> Climate change is something we cover very closely here, and I know it's very dear to you. Is there uh, something you can tell us about how you got involved in this? I noticed like Antarctica is very important mm -hmm. to you, something for your brother. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I, I had the chance to go in 2018 with an expedition uh, on a Greenpeace uh, big ship uh, uh, to the Antarctica and see in first hand the work, the amazing work they all do, the biologists, the scientists, the 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 people are really spending their lives entirely uh, saving and caring for our human oh. human place, human health, and 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 that that was a wide eye opener for me. Like uh, we I know, we all know what's going on, but when you see it firsthand, and when you see all these glaciers melting down, and and you see that there is plastic in the waters in those waters that haven't been sailed yet. It's like wow. I mean, we 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 have a huge responsibility, and it has to happen with with the governments. I mean, we need a strong policy that really guide us through a, a more environmental situation. Because we, as citizens, we can do what we can do, but we have to really uh, pressure the governments to really make a, a a big step forward into a healthier planet. That's for sure. Do you have any, uh, uh, I mean, I have my, you know, my Fauci mug, 
which I, I love I love using. But, you know, it's like everybody's arguing about everything. Some people are saying there's, you know, there's no climate change. Um, what can we do as as human beings to actually try to try to help with this situation? And, uh, you know, because it is so hard to 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 get anything done these days. Absolutely. Yeah, we are all so sensitive about everything. We are all everything is is, is about criticizing each other and throwing things at each other. Um, what can we do? I don't know. I think I think we have to support the the youth, the younger generations. They know they are on the streets. They are marching. They are uh, Greta, for example, is an, a biggest example. Uh, they know. They care. They they, they feel is their future what's on stake which is true everybody's future especially theirs uh and we have to support them and we have to really uh, give them the room for them to speak and and try to bring the attention the media attention to them because they they know well look um uh, i can't tell you how grateful i am that you've you've been here i anytime you want to come to the national arts bureau we'll put on girls got rhythm i'll, I'll turn it up to eleven. Dun, dun, da, 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 da. Yes. Right. I mean, for, for God's sakes, uh, is there anything better? So, uh, look. Good luck with with this film and and with the next film. And we'll be watching. And I I am so pleased that we got to talk about this. Have a great uh, Have a great day. Thank you so much for your time. I loved it. Thank you. Thanks for listening. For more information on our upcoming programs, go to WashingtonPostLive.com.